Hi, I'm Olaomi Brigway, and I began to experience all-round supernatural success in my life when I finally accepted that no matter how hard a person works, they will never rise above the level of thinking. Are you looking for transformation from the inside out? Then join me on the Super Abundant Life podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Super Abundant Life podcast, where we tackle real issues by examining the lives of real people and extracting real life solutions that are rooted in the wisdom of God. This is your host, Olaomi Brigway. So the title of my Bible study today is very simple, and it is this. It's the little things that are holding you back. Another way of saying that is the biggest threat to your success are the little things. So it is very rare in life that it will be the big, massive things that will bring us down or cause us to derail or have a downfall and so on. I know that, you know, every now and then we read about something in the media where someone that is highly placed has a massive, massive catastrophic problem that causes their reputation to be destroyed and all those things. But in actual fact, in life, it is really the little things. And if we examine even those people that had um, like a big, massive problem or challenge or habit or whatever, right, it is the little things. So if they had addressed some of the little things along the way, it would not have become something big. So I give an example about how it is the tiny pebble in the shoe of the runner, right? That will actually bring the person to a halt. So no matter how strong the person is, no matter how well they're doing, if that pebble is there and it keeps causing pain, no matter how insignificant it looks, it will actually grind that person's run to a halt. So that's what we're looking at today. So we're going to go into the Bible. And as I always like to do, I want to give you a bit of a context and backstory as to what I'm talking about today. So this is around the time of Joshua, right? So Joshua and the Israelite people, the army, they had just taken over Jericho. They had not even taken over. They had just destroyed Jericho. It was a resounding victory. The kinds that the people that were observing were like, what? How did they do this? So it was a, it was a resounding, as in you know, anyone that observed it knew that these guys had arrived you can't mess with them. They were the new kids on the block. You know, that kind of victory, right? Um, and as a result of that, that confidence was very high. They, were, they had the courage. They had the confidence. You know, they were riding high off the back of that success. So this is where we're going to begin today. Um, Joshua is not the character that we're going to be looking at, uh, but I will introduce that character at some point later on in the Bible study. So we're reading from Joshua chapter 7. And I'm reading from verse 2. So after the defeat of Jericho and taking over that place, it says that Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai, which is east of Bethel. When they returned, they told Joshua. So essentially, which was the same strategy that they had used for Jericho. God said, send down the spies, okay? In this situation as well, Joshua just literally says, you know, he sent out the spies. There's no record here of that being the strategy. 
all right? He just basically, off the back of that resounding success and victory that they had in Jericho, he adopted the same strategy and he did the same thing. So he sent out the spies. So he sent out the spies and this is what the spies came back with. So those guys said, there is no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or 3,000 men to attack I. Since there are so few of them, don't make all of our people struggle to go up there. All right? So this was the report that these spies came up with. Remember that they were coming off the back of a resounding victory where everybody that observed what had happened knew that by far these guys are the best guys in town okay they are the very best it's like 10 people going for an interview and everyone at the interview panel shook your hand i was congratulating you and saying you are by far the best candidate this is sort of what they were you know this was the background of where they were coming from so as a result of that joshua took that estimation of the next challenge which is i and so the Bible says that he sent approximately 3,000 warriors. And what now happened? It says they were soundly defeated. It says that the men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 of them who were retreating down the slope. Now, once I read that, and the Holy Spirit began to show me, and what I learned from just reading that tiny bit, you know, three verses of the scripture is this. Their confidence from where they were coming from, from the resounding victory that they had just experienced, had actually colored their estimation of the next challenge. They were confident, and as a result of that, they didn't actually settle down. They didn't say, okay, let's calm down. Yes, we've just had a peaceful victory, and we're feeling pumped up. But the next challenge is simply that, the next challenge. It's not a continuation of the old challenge. The old challenge, yes, we know that you defeated it and you had complete victory. But the next challenge is going to present you with new challenges, um, things that you may not have seen. And more importantly, because you are so confident, it may actually color your estimation. You may end up overestimating your strength at that point in time or underestimating the strength of the new opposition. And that's basically what happened. The estimation of the challenge of defeating this next city, this next town, was based purely on their strength in overcoming the past challenge. So their experience with Jericho, they used an outdated strategy due to the overconfidence or the cockiness. We're so good at this. We're the bomb.com. We know what we're doing. We're experts at war. And they literally went forward without just, you know, without settling down to say, right, what's next and how do we handle this next mountain? All right. Now, if you read on later, I'm not going to read that, but later on, when they eventually overcame that new town, when they overcame and they over, you know, um, defeated that next challenge, do you know what it took them? Initially, when they were overconfident and cocky and all of that, they said, no, we only need to do 3,000 men. That's all we need. And we'll run them over and destroy them. Yes. So they said, we will overrun them with only two to 3,000 men. That is all it's going to require. And they were soundly defeated. They chased them and even ended up killing some of them. 
Meanwhile, when they eventually overcame that opposition, do you know how much men they required? The Bible says they needed 30,000 of their best men. 30,000 of their best men. So it's very dangerous to start a new season based on your victory in the previous season because it's a new season for a reason. There's something new about it. We have to be able to settle down and say, what's next? What don't I know in this new season? Someone said it this way. What got you here will not get you there. So the tactics, the strategies, and the strength that are required for me to attain this level of victory may not actually be what I need to go to the next level. Someone else said that every completion is a new beginning. So the fact that I went for an interview and there were 10 of us and I was best by far to the point that everybody's congratulating me and telling me how wonderful I, you know, I was and that you were the best candidates. We're so honored and privileged to be able to work with you, to be able to give you this role as senior leader and all that. Does not mean that, you know, I should now go in and then decide to use the same tactics, decide to go in and not be willing to learn. So every completion should actually be a new beginning. I should go and face the next obstacle or the next challenge in front of you. It is being able to settle down and say, right, forget the fact that I just won. Okay, I'm not going to allow the confidence over, you know, color my estimation of what is in front of me. The same way someone that's just gotten married and thought, oh, you know, I'm now married. I'm just going to carry on as before. Just because you were successful in courtship and you had a beautiful relationship in courtship does not mean that it's going to automatically continue in marriage. Marriage is a completely new thing, right? It's not a continuation of courtship. Courtship is over. It's gone. It's dead and it's buried. Beautiful courtship does not and you know does not necessarily translate into a beautiful marriage you have to say right now that we're married we have to treat it as if we know nothing and we're going to now properly estimate what is required of us to succeed in this marriage which is a new situation and a new level for us okay so that is the first thing that i noticed in the in this in by reading the story of the israelites off the back of the resounding victory that they enjoyed in Jericho, they basically just went ahead and they were cocky. They were overconfident and they thought, we don't need that much. <laughs> and they were defeated. So what's my first lesson today? It is simply this. Victory makes you vulnerable to defeat. When you have attained a new level, so you have experienced resounding victory in an area, it is very easy to fall prey to vulnerability and defeat. Do you know the reason? The reason is very simple. It's because you are pumped up with confidence. And as a result of that, it is easy for you to underestimate what that next challenge and overcoming that next challenge, what it will require. Okay? So I'm going to move on very quickly now to the next thing. So that's the first thing that we saw. Now, it now says in Joshua 7, 4, says that the Israelites, so once they were defeated, so they had a massive setback. Remember, they had Jericho, and Jericho was so successful, they were extremely confident. And then they took that confidence, and they just tried to impose it on a new challenge 
and they were defeated. Now, after they were defeated, this was, this was the outcome. This was how they felt. The Bible says that they were paralyzed with fear at the turn of events and their courage melted away. They were paralyzed with fear and their courage melted away, meaning they were ready to give up. One defeat and they were paralyzed. That's what the Bible says. It says they were paralyzed. So they went from being completely confident, overconfident, to they faced a defeat and they were like, forget it, this can't work. The newly married person or couple that says, wow, what's happened? You know, it was such a beautiful courtship. Now we're barely a month into our, into our marriage and we're expressing all these challenges. And it's a very tricky time because it is a time when it is easy to actually say, I give up, you know, I'm not even going to fight anymore. It's, it's too difficult. You gain that promotion after, you know, um, being excellent and being praised at a particular level, then you were promoted. And then as a result of the promotion, you are facing different challenges. The challenges are multiplied. People are coming against you and all those things. It is very easy to fall prey to that thought that says, no, forget it. This is too difficult. The Bible says that they were paralyzed with fear. That, it says that courage melted away. They were ready to give up and just say, look, I'm not moving forward. It's not worth it. I can't do it. But let me keep reading. It says that Joshua and the elders of Israel tore their clothing in dismay. They threw dust on their heads and bowed down to face on the ground before the ark of the Lord on the, until evening. Then Joshua cried out, Oh, sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you are going to let the Amorites kill us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side. Now, here's what I wanted to point out. Joshua had a different spirit to these guys. They faced a defeat. So they went from riding high and then plummeted and they expressed a major setback. From that major setback, they were ready to give up. And I gave different examples. Beautiful courtship. Then you get married. You are thrown into challenges and situations that you had never experienced before. And you are thinking from a high a mountain to a low, a valley. And being in that valley, wanting to get into depression and say, this is not working, I'm ready to give up. But Joshua and the elders knew exactly how to respond. They knew that it's not about facing this setback and giving up. You don't have to give up. Failure is actually an opportunity to learn, to grow, and to increase in capacity. So they actually did the right thing. They understood the power of reflection, all right? Not just literally um, resigning yourself to the fact that this is too difficult. I don't understand. I used to be so successful prior to this season. How come it's such, this is so difficult and I'm expressing failure upon failure, setback upon setback in this new season? It doesn't mean that the new season is not for you. It's just all it requires is reflection, which is what Joshua did. So they settled down and they asked the question to God, why didn't it work? What did we do wrong? And that is how when you enter into a new season and you're facing overwhelming challenges, the right response is to say, let me take a step back. Why has it stopped working? The success, the easy success that I used to have, the victories that I encountered in the past, how come everything has fizzled, fizzled away? 
How come now everywhere I turn and facing setbacks and challenges? What is the reason for that? And it is in that place of reflection that you will find the answer and the things that you need to change. So that's what Joshua and the elders did. They didn't say, look, we're just going to settle and go back to Jericho and stay there. They weren't going to accept that. They went to God and they asked him, what went wrong? What did we do? Why didn't it work? All right. So my second lesson today is simply this. If you choose reflection over resignation, and if you develop a habit of asking, why did it not work? After a setback, you will make, it will make you unstoppable in the face of failure. Let me say that again. My second lesson is this. Choosing reflection over resignation. Meaning, when you're faced with a completely major setback or failure, particularly if you have been very successful in the past, you enter into a new season, and the first thing that hits you, you know, in the face is failure. The right response is to choose reflection over resignation, meaning you're going to sit down and think, why didn't it work? What happened? What went wrong? What do I need to change? As opposed to saying, oh, this new season is not for me, this new level is not for me, and just settling into it and saying, there's nothing I can do, I'm just going to leave it as it is, or even more dangerously, I'm going to just go back to where I was. So choosing reflection over resignation and developing a habit of asking, why didn't it work? after you have faced a major setback, will make you unstoppable in the face of failure. That's what will make you unstoppable because we will all experience failure and setback. It is not reclining and saying, this is too hard. Why is it difficult? The courtship was beautiful. Why is marriage so tough? It's because marriage is completely different from courtship. Courtship is dead and gone. It's a completely different season. Now you're in a new season. You don't take the same strategies, the same tactics, the same approach, the same estimation of strength and capacity into marriage, which is a new level. Or you are promoted from one level, even if you were superbly excellent and outstanding in the previous level in your career, and then you receive promotion, you have to begin that new level as a student, as a learner, Learn as much as you can about the new level because if you go in with a cocky or a confident attitude that, hey, I was successful in the last one, you are most likely to face a defeat, uh, an opposition that will knock you flat on your face. So even when that happens, lesson two is reflect rather than pull back. Choose reflection over resignation and ask why didn't it work. Ask around, study, ask the people that went before be, before you, the people that have been successful at that level, find out from him, have conversations with them, read their books, take their courses, go to God, ask him, what am I doing wrong? And that's what they did. All right. So moving on to the third part, as a result of that time of reflection, the Holy Spirit or God, I should say, spoke to them. And this is what God said. So this is Joshua still asking, he says, but there's no, sorry. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up, all right? Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set about for me. 
They have not only stolen them, but have lied about it and hidden the things among their own belongings. That is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. He said, get up, command the people to purify themselves in preparation. And he now says, listen to this, he says, you will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. Now, I want you to notice the language of this. And this is where I actually introduce the character that we're studying today. So he, he comes in at the very end. His name is Achan. And when they were going into Jericho, God gave them specific instructions. And he said, don't take anything out of that city. Make it as an offering unto me. Destroy everything. Don't take anything. Don't spare anything. Let everything be burnt and, and destroyed. All right? As an offering unto me. But Achan, one man, out of millions of people, I want you to get this. And that is where we weave in the, the theme of today's Bible study, which is it's usually the small thing. So it's not a thousand men that stole. It is not even 20 men. Remember, these are millions of people. It was just the action of one man. And when God was talking about it, he didn't say, oh, Achan. He said, Israel. He said, you, all of you. So it was a collective. The same way I talked about how a runner, someone that's running and doing very well, and maybe was going to win the marathon or something, and there's a niggling, there's a pebble in their shoe that keeps pinching them and pinching them. Eventually, that pebble, that tiny little thing, will bring them to a complete stop. So it might be a stop whereby they have to get rid of it and then lose time, or it could even be a stop that stops them completely. All right? So it was one man, Achan. And also, one thing I also noticed about this is what he stole was like some coins of silver, a robe, a bar of gold. Compared to the whole riches in Jericho, it was like a drop in the ocean. Tiny. So it was one tiny thing that affected. The Bible talks about the little foxes that spoil the vine. What this showed me about this is this. It is not the big things that bring us down. It is the tiny things, particularly the one that God has been speaking to you about. There's a habit that you have that he has been talking to you about. There's something he has been nudging you about maybe for years and has been saying, deal with this thing. But nobody knows about it. Like, like Achan and the things that he stole, it was hidden, it was buried. Everyone that observed Achan could not have known that he had done anything like that. Everything looked beautiful on the outside. It was hidden. It was a tiny thing. It was hidden. Nobody knew about it, but God knew about it. So my third lesson is very, very simple. There's certain things that God had, would have been, you know, niggling you about. You say, deal with this thing. At the moment, there's a shield around you. There's a protection around you. Nobody knows about it. Deal with this thing. Like a still, small voice, quiet voice. Go and deal with this thing. The Bible talks about the sin that so easily besets. It says that the weight, that we should put off the weight. Deal with this thing. Do you know why he's telling you? Not because of where you are, but because of where you're going. Because of where you're going. So with Achan, for example, it didn't affect his current situation. It affected 
So not just him. It didn't affect the current situation of Israel. They were already, they already had victory. Everyone that observed them from the outside thought everything was beautiful. But where that little thing actually came into play was when they tried to move to the next level. So God knows that in order to succeed at your next level, this tiny thing that he has been nudging you about is going to pose serious problems and could end up derailing or even destroying that dream. So he has been speaking and nudging. It's a tiny thing. Probably nobody but yourself knows about it, whatever it is, whether it's a character flaw, and usually it's a character flaw. So whatever that character flaw is, at the moment, it is not causing any, maybe, let me just say any problems. It may be causing tiny little problems, but not significant ones, all right? It's not causing big problems. It might even be a secret fault where your husband or your wife might not even know about it, but God is saying, sort it out. Because of where you're going, it's going to cause problems at the next stage. So my lesson three from the life of Achan, Achan never dealt with it. He waited until it caused massive problems before, and he didn't even say it, before everything became open. I wonder if Achan had actually dealt with it, had gone to Joshua and said, this is what I did, intercede on my behalf with the Lord. It may have turned out differently. If he had dealt with it, when he had the opportunity to, when it was still a tiny little thing, he would, you know, he may have had completely different outcomes. So my lesson three is very, very simple. It is usually the little things that pose the biggest risks to your success. So you need to begin to pay attention to the areas and the habits and the character defects and flaws that God has been quietly nudging you to change in whatever area, and also be quick to address them. Because remember, it's not for now. The people, it's so tiny now, the effect or the consequence of it is almost negligible, if not non-existent at the moment. It might be something that's secret that only you know about, but God knows and he's been trying to get you to change that thing and to change in that area. It's not about now. God is talking about your future that next level that you're going into. If it's left unchecked and unaddressed, it will end up derailing or even destroying that dream that he has called you to. Okay, so those are my three lessons from studying the life of Achan and the circumstances surrounding that context, that time when he lived. And obviously Achan and everything that he stole they were destroyed and it was after they were destroyed that when they now went back to try again with the right strategy, with the right estimation of their opposition, they again got a resounding victory. So until that tiny little thing was dealt with, the victory was impossible. They were, it was impossible for them to move forward and achieve victory without dealing with that thing that God was telling them about. So I'm going to do a very quick recap of the three lessons that I have shared with you today. The first one is after you have been very successful, I'm talking about the kind of success where everybody looks and says, wow, you're the best. You're just outstanding. Da, 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 da. And your own estimation is that was a beautiful season. After that, it is very, very easy to become overconfident and that will make you vulnerable to defeat. Because if you carry that same confidence and 
estimation of your capacity into the next season, which is a new season with new challenges that will probably require new strategies and so on, and you try and impose the old victory onto the new situation, you most likely will be defeated, all right? Because you are pumped up and you may over you may underestimate what is required for you to succeed on the next level. The second lesson is even when you face defeat. So if that happens at the new level, when you have been successful in the past, you now are facing opposition, setbacks, failure on every side. And you're like, what's going on? What's going on? All right. You should choose reflection over resignation. So don't give up. Don't say, oh, it's because this new level is impossible to me. The newly words that are saying, oh, maybe marriage is just not it. We had a beautiful courtship. I don't know what's happened in marriage. No, it's not choosing resignation and saying, no, this is not going to work. It's actually choosing reflection. So sitting down to ask the crucial question, why is it not working? Why did it work then and it's not working now? And it is through that season of reflection, asking questions that you will find out what you need to do and what you need to correct. And the last thing is, it is usually the little things a little character flaws, defect that nobody knows about. And even it might be the closest person to you that knows about it. And the effect or the consequence of it is so tiny that it's so easy to disregard. But it is those kind of tiny things, if they're left unaddressed or unchecked, that will jeopardize the dream that you have in the future. So the reason why God is sort of nudging you, keeps giving you opportunities and is actually also protecting you in this season to deal with this is because he knows that it has the power to cost you your future. Hey, before you go, do me a favor. If you've enjoyed today's podcast or any of the ones that you've listened to, Can you please share with friends, family and colleagues? Thanks.